Bokel Tov, Musorot Tovot. So I mentioned yesterday that we were talking about, we spoke about Reuven, Yehuda, and Yosef. But now I want to speak about Yehuda and Yosef. This is Vayigash Elav Yehuda in this week's parasha. Uh, Yehuda and Yosef, they clash. Now, Yosef is the Bechor of Rachel, and Yehuda is not the Bechor of Leah. He's the fourth child of Leah, and it's not the first time in our history where it is not the Bechor who becomes the leader. It is someone further down the line, like Moshe, like David, like Yitzchak, like even Yaakov, right? That, that, that not the Bechor becomes the, the head of the family, the message being that the leader cannot come through some kind of hierarchical process it comes through Tuchunot so why ultimately though is the Mashiach is the king the king of the Jewish people he has to come from Yehuda that is the famous Ramban on next week's parasha the Ramban who speaks about the Chashmonaim because the Chashmonaim came from the family of Kohanim and even though they're leading the, rev the revolt against against the Yevanim was incredible gavura and incredibly important. There was an expectation that as Kohanim, once the temple had been rededicated, that they would move into their natural job and they would be priests and they would not take over for a long period of time the leadership role of Yehuda. And the Ramban says that this was a, a transgression which is appropriated to the Chashmonaim that they had the chance to go back to being Kohanim, but they took over a role which was not theirs. To the degree the Gemara says that if someone today says that they are from the family of the Chashmonaim, you have to check their, their, their family tree because they're likely to be illegitimate. There's no such thing to the degree that uh, the Khatam Sofer, or at least a, a, a Memra that's affiliated to the, the Khatam Sofer, says that Rabbi Huda Hanasi left a Masechet of Hanukkah, he did not write, he did not compose, because he, being from the dynasty of David, uh, wasn't happy with the fact that the Maccabim went on to be Melachim. But why was Yehuda chosen over Yosef? Uh, this is a choice made by Yaakov. We know that Yaakov had a special feeling for Yosef. That special feeling never left him, even in the 17 years when they were in Egypt. And, and they were not so close together, and he, was, he had to be brought to see him towards his death. What were the tchunot of Yehuda that perhaps were lacking in Yosef that made Yehuda Melech of, of Am Yisrael? So I, I looked at this at length, and I came to two conclusions. And I can't prove either of them, but just to share with you. Yehuda has one tachuna which I think is so important and seems to be so lacking today in leadership. In the event uh, concerning Tamar, which a lot can be said and there's a lot to discuss, in the event concerning Tamar, uh, Yehuda had the opportunity to do what many politicians do when they are involved in a scandal and sweep, sweep the scandal under the under the under the carpet, he he could have he could have uh, totally uh, 
no one knew about what happened with Tamar. No one knew that Tamar was Tamar and he was Yehuda in the event that took place. He could have swept the whole event under the carpet. She would have gone to her death and that would be the end of the story. But that's not what happened. Yehuda comes out with that famous saying, Sadkami meni, that she is correct. She is more righteous than I. He admits that, that he had been with her, that the child is, or the children are his, and out of that comes Mashiach. I think it's very, very um, significant that Mashiach is born out of, out of such, a, such a relationship and out of the admittance. Today it seems to be that if a, a leader is to admit that he may have made a mistake, it's, it's, a terrible, it's a terrible critique of that leader. How could he make a mistake? But leaders are human beings. Of course they can make mistakes. You don't expect leaders to make mistakes every day. And if a leader is making continual and repetitive mistakes, they shouldn't be a leader because their ability to judge a situation is kind of lacking. But a, a leader who makes a mistake, I remember in the days of Yitzhak Rabin, when the uh, discussion went off the issue, you know, in the days of Oslo, and there were for and there were against, uh, and people would say that, that Yitzhak Rabin almost lost it in the Six Day War, and uh, but he's a human being. I, I didn't see that as a critique. I didn't understand why that was seen as a critique. He was, he was a leader, a leader maybe people didn't agree with, uh, but he was a leader. Leaders can make mistakes, and leaders who simply, like teachers, a teacher who stands in a classroom when he is uh, uh, argued with by a, by, a, by a pupil and goes on to argue relentlessly, even though the pupil might be right, that's not a good teacher. The teacher has the ability, and we saw Rav Lichtenstein do this on a few times, not many times, where he would say, okay, you know, it's quite possible that what you're saying is correct and we have to rethink everything that I have just suggested. That's a, an, an incredible aspect of leadership. Again, I don't know that Yosef doesn't have this, but we don't have a particular, a particular situation where Yosef admits uh, a mistake. We do have incredible forgiveness by Yosef, but not this element of sadkamimeni. But I do think that's a side issue, because I say we can't, we can't, when we have a, a, a probe by Yehuda, we can't say that that probe doesn't exist by Yosef just because we haven't experienced it in the stories of Tanakh. Uh, the, the, the significant plus by Yehuda, which I think is so important for any leader, for any parent, for any teacher, is the ability to communicate. Yosef seems to have this inability to communicate with his brothers. It's not something that has ended in the parshas of Vayigash and Vayechi. In the parshas of Vayigash and Vayechi, Yosef is, uh, is still talking to the brothers, that's true, but we see in next week's parsha in Vayechi, that when Yaakov has died and they're coming back from burying uh, Yaakov, we see that the brothers make up a story that simply isn't true. They say to Yosef that our father said that you shouldn't touch us. You shouldn't harm us now that he's dead. Once again, you have this uh, inadvertent or maybe, or maybe allusion to what Esav said about uh, Yaakov, that when our father dies, I will come and I'm going to come and kill you. And the brothers lied to Yosef because they were still scared of Yosef. What does that mean when we're looking at the fact that they, they were 17 years in Egypt together, reunited, and still after Yaakov dies, the brothers feel that Yosef is going to take revenge. 
So it would appear that Yosef was not just unable to communicate when he was a young lad and all he wanted to do was share his dreams. He was unable to communicate many, many years later when him and the brothers found themselves together alone without their father and they still have this feeling. Yehuda, on the other hand, has, has a constant ability to connect with his brothers to the degree that Vayered Yehuda, when Yehuda goes down after the events of Yosef, Rashi says that the brothers were upset with Yehuda because they would have done whatever he said and he could have acted differently. They had looked towards him for direction and he'd given them the wrong direction. This issue of communication isn't just the ability to speak. In fact, it's not only the ability to speak at all. Uh, it's the ability to understand, perceive the helech ruach, the atmosphere, the feelings of the people around you, uh, to understand, to have your finger on the pulse. Many a leader who's been extremely popular over many, many years, I'm not even talking about Israel. I could talk about Margaret Thatcher, for example, in England. I can talk about Winston Churchill in England as well. I have a, a, better, a better understanding, a little understanding of, of, of English history, more recent English history. Great leaders, uh, unparalleled leaders, who totally lost touch with the Shetta. And Churchill, you know, in the, in the 50s, Churchill was the most incredible leader during a war. But when he came back for his, uh, for his term, not immediately after the war, because he lost that election. The election after that, uh, there were elements of Churchill's leadership that simply weren't relevant because he was no longer in touch with the nation. Now, to be in touch with the nation doesn't mean that you do what the nation demands of you. It doesn't mean that you're a puppet of the nation, but it does mean that you have an understanding of what's going on Beshetach, and that enables you, uh, enhances you to connect with the people around you and what they are doing. And that's critical, the ability to do that. And it happens sometimes, and it's always a worry, I think, as a teacher, also as a parent. As a parent, your kids get older with you. As a teacher, uh, your students really stay the same age. I've been teaching 18, 19-year-olds for 30 years, and they're always 18 and 19-year-olds. Uh, I have students from 30 years ago who are closer to my age. But the worry is always that you're going to lose touch. You're not going to have your pulse on the finger uh, of the nation. It's so important as a father uh, to have uh, a mother, to have uh, some kind of understanding of what's going on in the minds of your children. One of my greatest worries when we came to Israel and when I came to Israel and we had children was the, the possibility that... I wouldn't have a connection with my children because I grew up in a different country. And it, the, the place where I'm struggling most with that at the moment is, you know, in all of my life, human nature doesn't change. And human nature is, is the same, even though the media is different as, as modernity takes, takes in. Uh, nonetheless, human nature doesn't change. But if you haven't had an experience really at all, it's very, very hard for you to offer some kind of uh, help and advice to your children. Uh, and specifically if your children are fighting a war and you've never fought a war, the most you ever did was, was drive a jeep in the army and your children are on the front line facing a horrendous and terrible enemy. Uh, in a case like that, the worry is, well, what can, I, what can I share? What can I give to my children? What can I teach them? What wisdom 
have I to to pass over? This is something that, that there's not necessarily a solution to, but to be aware of this reality, I think is critical for all of us, as teachers, as parents, as peers, uh, to the ability to communicate is not just the ability to say what you want to say, the ability to communicate is, is the ability to share, feel, and be sensitive to others. And we all make mistakes in that area, of course we do, uh, but the, the it, it, to make mistakes in life, there's no sin to make mistakes. What we have to do is learn from our mistakes, to be able to uh, to to learn from mistakes and and to look forward. And I think that is why Yosef is 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 put aside here. Yosef doesn't have the ability to communicate like Yehuda. Have a good day.